We're going to be over in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6 and verse 18, looking at praying always with all prayer. Again, the, uh, in the spiritual warfare area, his goal was that we would be prepared for the things that would come against us. We know that the enemy has schemes. We know that the enemy has, has uh, developed tactics to come against Christians and believers. And God has arranged our weapons to combat the tactics of the enemy. So there's actually nothing that the enemy can throw at us that the tactics of God would not overcome. As we're looking at, at that, and we've been in here in the 18th verse of chapter 6, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. As he's gone over the armor of God and the things that we have to protect ourselves or to be in an offensive stance, he ends this up with praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. We spent quite a bit of time on the in the Spirit part, understanding what that is. That in the Spirit, the Spirit of God gives us revelation. Sometimes it's revelation on a passage of Scripture. Sometimes it's revelation in that there are things going on in this life that we don't know about for us, for other people. How the Spirit of God will give us revelation on situations that we face on situations that other people face and gives us understanding on that. And that's how we are pray. We sometimes, even as word people, we can get into stock prayers and stock types of answers in this area. Well, if this is the thing, I just pray this scripture and then that's it. If this is what we're facing up against, well, we just go this way and that's it. And that's not always the case. There are times that the Spirit of God says, no, this is what is, is the underlying cause. This is what's going on and this is what you need to do. Much like when Jesus saw a lame man, he doesn't say, get up and walk. He says, your sins are forgiven. There's a reason for it. The Spirit of God led him in a certain way that this is what the situation called for. Now, not everybody takes to it all that well, as we saw in that particular meeting. They all kind of got offended at it. And um, the Spirit of God was present to heal all, but no one else got healed except for the one. So just because people don't react to it right doesn't mean that it wasn't God. Just because people react to it right doesn't mean that it was God either. You can never judge a thing of being God or not by how people react. You remember Jesus, when he was teaching, he got on that teaching, unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. And all the people left and he turned to his disciples and he said, are you going to leave too? He says, who else has the words of life? But that was a, that was a teaching that the Spirit of God gave him to give. Well, when Jesus gave that teaching, many people left and it wouldn't seem like that was the best thing to do. But that's what the Spirit of God gave him to teach. And that's what was the next step in, in what was going on. So just because people respond to something positively or respond to things negatively has no bearing on whether it's God or not. Many times God led things, Moses to do things and the children of Israel, all in unison. All two million people, four million people, whatever they had, all of them were against it. I mean, if you get two to four million people all against something, you would think yeah, something isn't right. But they were all wrong. And Moses was the one that was right. Just because people are against the thing that you're doing doesn't mean it's not God. Just because people are for it doesn't mean it is. You cannot judge it by people. You must judge it by what the Spirit of God says. Did I accomplish what God wanted me to accomplish there? Did I do the thing that God wanted me to do? So as we're praying, we can't just pray stock scriptures that we know. If we have no other place to start, we can certainly start there. But we need to, to let the Spirit of God give us inspiration. The prayers that we are to pray are in the Spirit. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. 
Well, he's not just saying just part-time pray in the Spirit here. All the time, pray in the Spirit. Sometimes we pray in a language you don't understand, tongues. But many times we'll be praying in a language you do understand, letting the Spirit of God lead us, guide us, and direct us into the thing that we're praying about. So when we're praying for other people, we pray for what the Spirit of God tells us on this thing. Now, here's the thing. When you're praying for other people, you've got to be real careful that your own emotions don't get involved. We talk to some people every once in a while, and they know what the Word of God says, what we can pray for and what we cannot pray for. But we'll get somebody who'll call us up, someone who'll stop us somewhere and, and, and talk to us about it. You know, well, it, it's a relative, it's a friend, and if it was anyone else, they knew better. <laughs> but because of the relative, because of the friend, can, we, can you pray for, for this situation here? Well, no, that's not in the Word that we can pray that. And you have to, you have to know what the Spirit of God does. The Spirit of God is not going to lead you against what the Word of God has commanded us to pray. And we know that there are certain limitations in prayer. I, and we went over that when we looked at Jesus' prayers. There are certain limitations that we have in prayer, and we can't step into areas we're not supposed to. That's, uh, that's a, a danger area, and we don't want to do that. Just like when you're driving along the road, you know, you got that double yellow line. That means don't go to that side. That's danger area. Go over there, you're going to get yourself hurt. Well, I think I can just... Well, that's when you get yourself into trouble. You see a double, double yellow line, that means do not pass. It doesn't mean if you think you can get it, get away with it, go ahead. It means do not pass. Don't do it. I was driving around with my neighbor the other, uh, some time ago. Um, he was, uh, we were, I was down to shirt delivering beds. They were down and he wanted to come back a little bit early. So he came back with me and we were driving and we were going along the road and we got to a spot where we were behind somebody who was going slower than I felt that they should have been going. I think they were also going slower than the speed limit. <laughs> Pretty sure that they were. But anyway, we were in the spot. And so I put my... Now, he, could, he, he kind of drives, I think, about the same way that I do. And so he, I put my turn signal on to turn and to go around him. Well, it was not a yellow line situation. It was a white line situation. And it was a two-lane highway. So it was a white line situation. So I put my turn signal on and I was going to move over and drive past them and then get on to the other side of them. And as I put my turn signal on and I went to move over, I noticed that it was not a dotted yellow, uh, white line. It was a solid one. Well, I just didn't notice that when I first put the turn signal on. So I just turned turn signal off and just waited and just stayed right there. And he and I were conversing at this point and then we were just talking about stuff. And, and so we, just, I didn't, we didn't skip anything in the conversation. I just kept going. And he just kept going. And after a little while, he said, I noticed what you did back there. He said, I really appreciate that, uh, that you didn't cross over there. So we were driving on down, and he said, I noticed that you didn't cross over the white line. He says, well, no, I said, I didn't realize it at first that it was a solid white line. I thought it was a dotted one, and so I was going to pass, but I just figured I'll wait until afterwards. He says, I wish more people drove that way. He's a construction worker. He says, the reason they put that in there is because something in the road doesn't, isn't fit for the people to, to pass. And I hadn't even thought about that when he was in there. I just thought, oh, solid line, don't, you don't do that. Well, see, these things are put in there for reasons. There's, there's warnings that are ahead. There are things we're not quite aware of, either for our safety or for other people's safety. And God has put some things in there to help us out. There is, there is the Word of God. We pray the Word of God, and the Spirit of God gives us revelation after that to help us, but it will always be in line with the Word of God. Don't get it. let your emotions lead you. Just because you feel sorry for somebody doesn't mean you can pray for them for something outside of what the Word of God says you can. You'll get yourself in trouble. 
You don't need to be doing it. So, we, uh, we learn to listen. We learn to do those particular things. But praying, here he says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. We're going to be, we focused on the first half of the verse last time, or one of the times before, and this time we're going to focus more on the second part, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Now, I read this, and Paul's not really an elementary type of a teacher. I know sometimes he says he gives people milk, but sometimes you read some of the things that Paul calls milk, and you get into other, other places around, and you say, Dear Lord, <laughs> if Paul's is, is given milk, what in the world are other people doing? But you look at this, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. Now, I've read that over and I've read that over. In fact, two weeks ago, we were going to get into that and says, you know what? I'm just not there yet where I can teach on that just, just, just yet. I want to spend some more time getting into that. And so I mulled over it some more, mulled over it some more. And so then I decided, today I decided to go back out there and I took a look on the internet for uh, some other translations on this thing and nearly fell out of my chair laughing. They were horrible. I put something up on Facebook too, if anybody saw that. Some of the translations that people have done this are extraordinarily weak. I don't just mean they're, they're, well, you know, they're off maybe a little bit by a word or two. I mean, they are terrible. One is a translation we've all enjoyed around here a number of times. But I'll read a few of them here. One from the New English Translation. With every prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit, and to this end be alert with all perseverance and requests for all the saints. In the New American Standard Bible, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. The English Standard Version, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Amplify, pray at all times, on every occasion, in every season. We talked about that word meaning occasion before. In the Spirit, with all manner of prayer and entity, to that end, keep alert and watch with strong purpose and perseverance, interceding in behalf of all the saints, God's consecrated people. The New Living Translation, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers. Now read this one here. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. When I read that, I don't quite get the idea that what Paul is saying is be persistent. But that's not the translation I was talking about. You ready for this one? Such great insight that we gain from this. I'll read the translation for you first, then I'll tell you where it came from. In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. <laughs> I almost fell out of my chair reading that one. Pray hard and long. Don't you feel educated on how to pray now? Pray hard and pray long. <laughs> oh, my. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. That's from the Message Bible. <laughs> pray hard and long. The basic Bible in English, with prayers and, and deep desires, making requests at all times in the Spirit, and keeping watch with strong purpose in prayer for all the saints. Keeping watch with strong purpose. I like that one a little bit better. 
Weiss puts it this way, praying at every season by means of the Spirit and maintaining a constant alertness in the, in the same with every kind of unremittent care and supplication for all the saints. Now, he can get wordy sometimes, but, you know, he's trying to get the meaning of the, the whole thing across. Let's take a look at this uh, word watchful. The word watchful, uh, it comes from two words. One means to hunt and the other means to sleep. It's a combination of two words, to hunt and to sleep. So basically, it's talking about someone who is looking for sleep. He's saying being watchful and he's saying being, they use this word this way because when your body is out there trying to find sleep, you need to be something else. So they use this word, though you are, because there's no reason to say, be watchful if you're wide awake. The idea was, there's a tendency at this point to fall asleep, to look for sleep. And you need to not, and to stay alert and attentive. It would be a word that you would use of a person who would be watching over a city at nighttime. Or during a time when not everyone's focus and attention is on what's going on around them. The actual... Uh, thing I pulled out said the picture is of one in pursuit of sleep. The, one, the picture is one uh, in pursuit of sleep. Well, here's some other times that this word is used. It's not used a whole lot. But in Hebrews 13, verse 17, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls. For they watch out for your souls. That's that word, watchful. As those who must give account. Well, if they're watching out as those who must give account, then there's a certain urgency on them watching. Because they've got to give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. So he's saying, you folks, as the ones that are being watched over, let them watch over you, rule over you, and be submissive. Because the reason that they're watching out over you is for your souls. And they're watching out over you as to one who will give an account. Therefore, don't make their job difficult or without joy. <laughs> Some people can come along and they can make the job without joy. How many of y'all have people at work who can make your job without joy? Take, just take all the joy right on out of it. He's saying just don't do that. In Mark chapter 13, verse 33 is another time we see this. Take heed, watch and pray for you do not know when the time is. Luke 21:36 Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the son of man. So these these are the times we see this word also being used. And let's take a little closer look here chapter 13 in Mark verse 30. Assuredly I say to you this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away but my words will, will by no means pass away. But of the day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Now, notice here he says this. Later on, after the ascension, he doesn't say it the same way. Yeah, that's right. This is it's not for you to know. He doesn't say that he doesn't know anymore. So people sometimes will put that picture that the Son has no idea. He is God. He laid down that deity while He was down here on earth so He may have separated Himself from that knowledge. But once He picked that deity back up again, He was once again joined with that knowledge and probably knew exactly when it was. I, don't, I am not one who's in the 
camp that Jesus does not know when the day comes and is always asking every day to the Father. Is it time yet? Is it time yet? Jesus knows just as much as the Father knows because the two of them are one. Take heed, watch and pray, for you do not know when the time is. So he's saying to watch and pray, for you do not know when the time is. So since you don't know when the time is, be alert. Same thing as a watchman who will be over a city. You don't know what night the enemy might come. You don't know if they might come. You don't know how many might come. So therefore, you need to watch as if they might come at this moment. That's how alert you need to be. That's how attentive we need to be at the thing. Take heed, watch and pray, for you do not know when the time is. It is like a man going to a far country who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to each his work and commanded the doorkeeper to watch. Watch, therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming. In the evening, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he finds you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to all. Watch. Now, spiritually, when he's talking about sleeping, he's not talking about a good thing. Physically, you need to sleep every once in a while. But spiritually, he's saying, stay awake, stay alert, stay attentive. Again, what Paul is talking about using this word is spiritual warfare. Because our adversary is always out to try and get us. So he's saying, spiritually speaking, be watchful. Resist the urge to fall asleep. Stay away from that area of sleep, but be attentive. And Jesus is telling them, again, let's go over it again. Take heed, watch and pray for you do not know when the time is. So we see this term used, watch and pray. Same way that it was, it was used by Paul. In Luke chapter 21, same story. He just has a little different ending on this. But take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness and the cares of this life. And that day come on you unexpectedly. So he's bringing it in that the things of this world, the things of this life, begin to weigh you down begin to distract you, and that day come upon you unexpectedly. That you begin to embrace all the things of the world. Well, Jesus isn't coming for a while. i got some time. For it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy, that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass. Well, what is going to qualify you as being worthy is your watchfulness in prayer, praying, that attentiveness that comes in. So, what was expected of the disciples in prayer in regard to watchfulness? Going over to Matthew chapter 26 and verse uh, 31, when he says, Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Now, before we do that, go back to Mark chapter 13, verse 33. Take heed, watch is exactly the same word that Paul used when he goes down here to verse 35. Watch, therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming. It is just a slight difference in the word. Just a slight difference in the word. But that slight difference in the word is the exact same word that Jesus uses in Matthew 26. So you can tell from how Jesus was using it in Matthew or in Mark chapter 13, he's using them in the same way. And so when he comes over here to his disciples and he uses a slightly different word, he's still talking about it in the same way. 
So you just want to make sure that you're aware of that. Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So what he's saying to the disciples is, I want you to watch and pray. Again, we see that same phrase. Watch and pray. Be watchful and pray. Lest you enter into temptation. Now, here's the purpose that he says here. I want you to watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. So his purpose in bringing the disciples into this place, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation, is I need you to be alert. I need you to be attentive. I need you to be watchful in prayer. If you don't, the result, result in action will be that you enter into temptation. And he didn't want them to do that. So he's given them a way out. A way to go about that. I've already told you that it's like a watchman in the city. They look for anything that would demand the city's attention or action. A watchman that is over a city would watch over that city. And his, his goal was not to deal with whatever was coming up. The watchman was to watch over the city. Anything that demanded the attention of the city. Anything that, uh, that would require their action. And then he would bring it to mind. He would ring the bell. He would sound the alarm. He would talk to the people who needed to be talked to. If whether it was a good thing, whether it was a bad thing, whatever kind of thing it was, he would be watchful, watching over that. And while he is watching, it's probably at nighttime. It's when the rest of the city is falling asleep, is, is getting their rest. But he needs to be awake at this time. So the tendency could be, got nothing to do. There's no Game Boy. There's no sports on TV. There's no radio, kind of get kind of boring, can't really read a book, it's dark out. So the tendency can be to fall asleep. And that won't be good because then we're not watching over the, the things for the city. But here he tells the disciples, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. So I'm, we're, we're thinking about this way. If we want to understand what Paul is talking about in the area of watchfulness and prayer... Maybe we can get a better idea by seeing what Jesus was talking about. Because Jesus gave us an end result here. What's the end result? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. Now, there's a difference between what Jesus is praying and what Paul is praying. We'll get into that in a little bit here. So, I went back in the Old Testament and to think about some other ones. We know that what Jesus was, what Jesus was concerned about, as far as the disciples, they entered into temptation, didn't they? They all entered into temptation. Jesus even said, you're all going to enter into temptation. You're all going to fall away. Peter said, not me, not me. Oh, he said, well, let me just tell you what's going to happen specifically for you. But all of you are going to fall away. Peter, you're going to do it this way. Oh, no, no. I'll go even to death for you. Well, we know that denying Jesus before others is not a good thing. The Word of God says, don't do it. Jesus himself even saying, if you... Confess me before men, I'll confess you before the Father. So when Peter had the opportunity to confess him before men, he backed out. That's temptation. He got weak. He, he fell from that. But there's an example in the Word of God of someone who, who followed this positively. So we have the negative. Let's look at one of the positive ones and, and see this. This is Daniel chapter 6. Daniel in the 6th chapter. I was going to copy that all on in here, but I didn't, uh, didn't do that. But we're going to go on over there. You remember the story? This is Daniel, of course, in the lion's den. We've gone over the story a number of times, so we don't necessarily need to uh, get into the whole story again. But we do want to read parts of it because I just want to make sure that you, you see this firsthand. So go over to verse 1. Daniel chapter 6 and verse 1. 
It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom and over these three governors of whom Daniel was one that the satraps might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. The king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. So the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful, nor was there any error or fault found in him. Then these men said, We shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So these governors and satraps thronged before the king and said, to, said thus to him, King Darius, live forever. All the governors of the kingdom, the administrators and the satraps, the counselors, the advisors have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for 30 days except you, O king, hang on a minute, into the den of lions, now, now, O king, establish the decree and, and sign the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which does not alter. Therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. Verse 10. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home, and in his upper room, with his windows to open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. And they went before the king and spoke concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed the decree that every man who petitions any god or man within 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, This thing is true according to the law of Medes and Persians, which does not alter. So they answered and said before the king, That Daniel, who is one of the captives from Judah, does not show due regard for you, O king, or for the decree that you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. And the king, when he heard these words, was greatly displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men approached the king and said to the king, king no, no, O king, that it is the law of the Medes and Persians and no decree or statute which the king establishes may be changed. So the king gave command and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Then a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring. And when the signets of the Lord, of his Lord, that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. Well, Daniel, it says in here, he knew that this petition was before them. Well, if he knew that, then somehow it was revealed. Now, I don't know how it was revealed, whether God revealed it to him or whether someone else revealed it to him. But whatever it was, Daniel knew this thing was going on and did not enter into the king's chamber to say, they're doing this to, to trap me. When we see in the story that the purpose of the king was to save Daniel when he saw that this law was aimed at him, he purposed then to save Daniel. If he purposed then to save Daniel, certainly he would have purposed to save Daniel before the signing of it. All Daniel had to do was go in there and say, King, this is what's going on, and it would have been done. But he did not. Now, this certainly would be a temptation to get him to do something that he felt he should do and to stop doing it for reasons of persecution. And he decided, no, I'm not going to do it. Somehow, Daniel knew this was a test. And he said, all right, let's face this test. Let's go right on through it. Much like it was with Jesus. Jesus knew that the cross was going to be a test for him. And so he went into the garden with the purpose 
to pray and to get strong so that he does not back off from the test, but he meets the test head on. Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me, but if not, I'm willing to drink it. Let's go. And of course, that's what had to be done. So he went on and he uh, did not falter, did not pull back, did not one time get weak. He went right after that, that thing, faced the cross, never tried to defend himself, never tried to get the thing to go away. Just went right on out there and, and did it. And Daniel, in the same way, he faced the, the test. He faced the opposition. Why? Because he was prayed up. He was watchful. So in prayer, being watchful, Daniel knew this test was coming for him. And also knew that he could stand up against it. And so he was ready. He was prepared. When the test came, Daniel was not surprised. He was aware. He was watchful in prayer. He watched and prayed. He was praying, but in a watchful sense, not watching what God's doing, but watching what the enemy is trying to do against him. Certainly, this is the thing that the enemy wanted to do, get Daniel out of the way. And God says, he's going to try and get you out of the way. You stand up to it. You open the door for me to do even more. And we know from looking at it before, this is the very time that God gave him the greatest of all end time visions that anyone had received in the same year that this test came. Whether it came that night when he was in the lion's den, it certainly could have because when Daniel came out of the lion's den, he said the angel of the Lord came and shut the mouths of the lions. Well, if the angel of the Lord came and shut the mouths of the lions, did he just leave? Or did he say, look, since you got some time in your hands, can I talk to you for a little bit? So it was either then, or because he'd already passed the test at that point, he's already in the lion's den. There's nothing more for him to do. He already passed it. He's in there. And then the, the revelation could have come. Oh, if that's the time that it did. Can you imagine the devil? I'm trying to wipe this guy out and God, God just gave him even more understanding. Now he's going to write about it and other people are going to hear about this thing. Oh man, what a mess we're in. <laughs> it didn't work out so good for the devil. We really don't care about that. But the, this watchfulness in prayer. Jesus is warning the disciples and Daniel is following in this in exactly the same way. Watch lest you enter in to temptation. Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Daniel was watching and praying. He was watching the schemes of the enemy. He was watching what the enemy would do, and God, in prayer, was helping with that. Praying in the Spirit. Praying with the Spirit of God, giving you revelation and giving you understanding on, on this thing that's going on. Well, let's go back to, uh, to what we're doing here. As we said, was there an awareness of the enemy's plot? Was temptation avoided? And then what came instead? Revelation. That didn't come for Peter, did it? He fell into temptation. Heaven, Elisha's warning for the king of Israel. Elisha would go out there and, and he would be praying and God would reveal to him the plans of the enemy. There was an attentiveness to what was going on. An attentiveness that was, that was there. Well, let's go on and, and read the rest of this verse here in uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for who? For all the saints. Is there anything in Paul's prayer here about praying for him themselves? 
No. Was Jesus telling the disciples to pray for others in the garden? No, he said, you pray lest you enter into temptation. When Daniel prayed, he was praying. In this particular time, we see that many times he was praying for others, but I'm just talking about this particular time. He was praying and saw the scheme that, was, that came against himself and he prayed and did not enter into temptation himself and received revelation. But here Paul is not teaching about watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. He is saying, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. He's saying, watch and pray on behalf of others. So he's, Jesus said, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. Paul is saying, watch and pray with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So in the same way that I can watch and pray so that I'm not entering into temptation, I can also watch and pray and be a help for others. Didn't Jesus do this with his disciples? The Sa- Peter, Satan has desired to sift you, but I have prayed for you. In other words, he was watchful and praying. He, in praying, I prayed for you. In watching, this is what the devil wants to do. I've heard. I've seen this. This is what wants to, wants to happen. But I prayed for you. In the end, you're going to come back. In the end, it's going to be our, you're, you're going to come back strengthening your brother. Now, the word perseverance is the only time this word is used. It's right here. I already said Jesus was, was for themselves. Jesus' teaching was for themselves. Paul's teaching here was for the saints. One was for themselves, one's for the saints. You can use this watchfulness and prayer for yourself. You can also use it for other people. Paul specifically is talking about other people. Paul's purpose is going back to the beginning of what he, this section he started. I don't want you to be ignorant regarding the spiritual warfare. He wanted them to have some knowledge of this thing. So we're talking about spiritual warfare. He gave them the armor to take care of themselves. Now he's talking about prayer in the area of prayer. Pray always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, letting the Spirit of God come upon you with supplication, prayer and general prayers, Supplication, specific requests. Supplications are things we make in requests for other people. Intercessions are when we stand in the gap for people who are fallen. So we're making requests for other people here. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. I need to be praying for other people in the area of spiritual warfare, in the area of what the devil wants to try and do to them, being watchful. In other words, when I pray, expect the Spirit of God to give me revelation as to what the enemy's purpose is about coming after them. You don't always have to tell them. I don't think that Peter would have known what Jesus knew was coming if that whole discourse hadn't come about. And if he knew that about Peter, as we said before, he probably knew something about the other ten, but didn't bring theirs out. He brought out Peter's. So you can know some things about what other people are going to go through and then have the Spirit of God come upon you in such a way to give you revelation on how to pray for them in that situation and never have to tell them. It may be that you do tell them, but you don't have to tell them. The purpose is not you hearing so that you can go tell anybody else. The purpose is that you pray so that you can stand for them, be one who supplicates for their need 
according to the will of God, according to the scriptures, as the Spirit of God leads you in it, and then see the thing come about. The whole thing is to stop the, in, the attack of the enemy. That's the whole reason for it. This is spiritual warfare. In spiritual warfare, he says, this is the stuff we've given for you. Now, you folks that are out there that are stronger, you need to bear with the scruples of the weak, so to speak. You need to get in there and help out those folks that aren't as, as good at this. And you need to let the Spirit of God say, the enemy is coming against. going to try and sift them in this area. going to try and mess them up in this area. going to try and distract them in this area. Now, pray for them. Pray for them in this way. How do I pray for them in this? Pray for them this way. Pray for them like this. Paul, in Ephesians 1, Ephesians 3, Colossians chapter 1, prayed for the saints in a particular way to help them in their growth. I imagine that he had some revelation on what the enemy was going to try and do to come against them. And he prayed that prayer based upon what was coming against them. In the same way, we can do this for our kids. We can do this for the people in the church. We can do this for people that we know that are believers. If they're an unbeliever, can you do it? He says right there, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Can you, as a believer, pray that the schemes of the enemy would be revealed so that that person doesn't fall prey to them? <laughs> How are they going to not fall prey to the deceitfulness of the enemy if they're in the enemy's camp? You've got to get them out of the enemy's camp first. That's the first thing you've got to do. And then in order to do that, you've got to get them born again. But we can pray for them. We can, Father God, they need to get born again. And uh, you know, we can pray for their life to be preserved. We can pray for some things in, in those areas. But you know, we, there's, there's just some things we can't pray for. They're in the enemy's camp. If you do not follow God, there are certain things that will come upon you, won't there? If you were a follower of God and you fall away from it, are there not certain things that will happen? Doesn't the word say, all right, if you were following me and you get off, and you go follow after other stuff. This is the first stage. There are five stages of disobedience in the book of Deuteronomy. Outlined exactly. This is the first thing. This is the second thing. This is the third. This is the fourth. And this is the fifth. Israel many times went through all four and then got back. One time, at least one time, they went through all five. Still came back. but It's not good to go through all of them. You don't want to, you don't want to have that happen. So people are going to sometimes do this we need to be watchful in prayer, knowing what the Word of God has said about the situation and not praying against the Word of God. Well, Father, that's what your Word said was going to happen to him. I can't pray against that. That's not the enemy. That's, that's what you said because your hand of protection is off them because your blessing is off their life. So those kind of things are going to happen. Can you pray for an unsaved person to be blessed on their job? They may get some blessing on their job, but you can't pray for that, can you? Because the Word of God says that I'll... Take everything that you've set your hand to. Cause it to be successful. But his hand's not on those who are not following after him. doesn't mean that they can't do some things and be successful at it. They're not going to have the help of God. God gives that kind of help to those that are his, his kids. So, being watchful to this end, for this purpose. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. We've got to make sure we stay in the area of the Spirit. The Spirit of God is the one who's going to give us revelation in the situation, revelation on the Word, revelation on how to pray in the Spirit, being watchful for this end, for this purpose, with all perseverance. We need to endure. We need to stay in there. We can't be in there and say, Well, Father God, I prayed that two times already. I mean, how come? No, we're not trying to move God. 
If you're praying to try and move God, then you're not praying right. We're praying because we want the Spirit of God to come upon us. We're praying for saints. We're praying for saints. Paul prayed certain prayers that you can continue to pray because there's always more knowledge of the Word. There's always more wisdom you can have. There's always more of, of those things that he was praying. You can always have some more of it. So keep on praying. Every time we've taught on those things, we've told you the same thing I was told. Keep praying them until you're satisfied. If you get satisfied, stop praying them for a while. If you get unsatisfied, start praying them again. Sometimes you just get satisfied with where you're at and that's okay. Enjoy that level for a while and then you start to get hungry. I need to move on. I need to get going on going to something further. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. We are fighting an enemy. The enemy wants to take fellow believers and pull them down. Do not stand for it. Continue to fight. Continue to stand with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Know what the Word of God has to say, to say that you can do. Listen to the revelation that the Spirit of God is going to give you. And as you pray for all the saints, get in there. It's not pray long and hard. It's not the idea. It don't have to be long. It don't have to be all that hard. It just has to be right. That's what it's got to be. We look at Paul's prayers that he prayed for the saints in Ephesians and Colossians again. And they weren't long. A couple of verses. Probably wouldn't take you more than two minutes to pray that for all them. It doesn't take long prayers to get things done. Because we're not trying to move God in the prayer. We're getting the revelation of what needs to be prayed. Because as soon as we get the revelation of what needs to be prayed, answers happen. As soon as Daniel got the revelation of the Word of God on the 70 years, what happened? He set out to pray and, in, and the angel came and said, As soon as you spoke, I was sent. That's how fast heaven answers. That's not the idea that you get when you've got to be long in prayer. Oh, I labor with God long enough. I labor with God for an hour or two. Who are you boasting about? God or you? <laughs> we, we boast about ourselves in the cover of boasting about what we did for God. We don't need to do that. Don't need to, prayers don't need to be long. They don't need to be hard. That is, that's not really specific. All they need to be is effective. Think of it this way. If you watch the football game, does it matter how long, as far as time is concerned, the running back runs with the ball? I mean, if he runs from one side of the field, then over to the other side of the field, then over to the other side of the field, then over to the other side of the field, then over to the other side of the field, but he's not moving down the field. He's just moving side, side, side. He may be running around for 30 seconds, 40 seconds, 60, which is a long time as far as a play is concerned in football. But never get anywhere. All that matters is, how far did you get? What kind of forward progress did you have? You ever see those plays that go to this whole side? And they come all the way back on this whole side? Then all the way back over this, all the way back over this side? And after it's all done, they got a yard. Or they lost the yard. It's like, oh man, what kind of useless thing was that for? Well, see, sometimes we're doing that in, in prayers to God. We're going from side to side to side to side to side to side to side. And God says, well, you do something. Do something with the prayer. God is not impressed with our length of time. We see the need. We know what the Word of God says. We let the Spirit of God give us revelation in it. And we pray. And we go on. 
But see, the devil wants to get us warped. He wants to warp this. He wants to get us bogged down with, oh, spending hours in prayer. Oh, there's just no sense in you even praying for them. You don't have hours to spend in prayer right now. Just do it later. Get out there and take care of it later on. Yeah, I'll have to do that later. I don't have hours to spend. You don't need hours. You need revelation. You pray what God says to pray. And you, you keep being watchful. I'm always being watchful. Father God, I thank you that you, you let me know what's going on. Remember the... Um, who was the uh, uh, prophet? I think it was. I think it was Elisha again. And the the Shunammite woman's son died, and uh, she came on out, and he sent uh, the servant on out there, and they didn't get any information. And and so the Elisha the, the prophet said something has happened, and God has not shown it to me. It seems like he had the idea that even for other people, he should know about it. How did he come up with that idea? Because it was going on on a regular basis. Now see, Elisha does not spend a whole lot of time on his knees praying for himself. He spent most of his time praying for the people. Paul spent most of his time not praying for himself, praying for the people. He let God take care of his own stuff. He prayed for the people. And God would show him some things. Then he had all the churches going on. And God would show him things about the churches, so he set out and write a letter based upon what God told him. This is how God wants us to operate. Let God reveal things to you about, about other people. Now, if God has not revealed something about an individual and you hear something about that person, here's a problem that comes in. We immediately begin to believe the report. Why? Shouldn't God have said something to you about it? Shouldn't God have revealed that something was going on there that you ought to be praying for it? Listen to the Spirit of God. Have confidence in that Spirit of God. You should get to that point that if someone were to come to you and say, oh, maybe, you know, your son, daughter, some relative, some friend, somebody who's close to you, oh, man, they're in big trouble. You say, no, they're not. If they were, I'd know about it. They're not in big trouble. It may look like it. They're not in big trouble. They're fine. Because the Spirit of God will tell you. Be watchful. Be expecting that when you're, when you're in prayer, that God is going to give you the revelation of this kind of thing. He's going to tell you stuff that's going on. Expect it from Him. Be watch. This is part of spiritual warfare. Be watchful in prayer. Have that watchfulness that goes on. That don't be slumbering. Be attentive. Be attentive. Be alert. Knowing the enemy wants to try and come upon us when we're not expecting it. Aha, we're not going to let that happen. I'm going to keep on listening in the Spirit of God just like He did with the prophet. Uh, they're going to come over this way. Try and get the king over this way. King, don't go by this road. Use the other road. they got a trap for you over there. That's how, that's how good it can be with the things of God. Be watchful. Be attentive in the things of prayer. Expect that in the Spirit, God is going to give you some things to pray, some understanding of some things for your children, for your relatives, for your friends, for other saints, and, and rest in that. Glory to God. They're not going to go through anything that God won't give me some things that I can pray for for them. doesn't mean He's going to give you the dirty laundry. God doesn't have to give dirty laundry. He just simply says, pray for them this way. Temptation's coming up. Pray for them in this area. See, I don't have to press in to find out what the, what the, the dirty laundry is. I don't need to know that. I just need to know what, I, what am I supposed to pray. All right, pray this way. And most times, folks, you'll never even tell people it. 
Never even need to tell them. And, and most times you won't. Shouldn't. If God tells you to, if an opportunity comes up, then sure, go ahead and do it. But most times you don't even need to do it. I told you the first time God started moving me and, and there he started telling me things about folks when I was a youth pastor. And I had the youth group there. And, uh, and we would have this fellowship time that we would have after the meeting. And many times, I would be just walking around and God would, I would just come up as I was looking at somebody across the room. They need to talk to you about such and such. So I go on over there and I would never tell them. Spirit of God came up on the inside of me and told me, you need to talk to me about this. Never told them that. Just, walk, just work the conversation over to that area. And as soon as I hit that area, they just gush out and they tell me all kinds of stuff. I tell them what the Spirit of God would tell me to tell them and I move on to the next thing. They never knew a single thing that God told me that I already knew what they were going to tell me about. Didn't need to. You don't need to do, to do all that. Just let the Spirit of God speak to you and give you some things to help people. Glory to God. He wants to. It says right there, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Father, I thank you for the help that you give us. We can pray for other people. We can pray for other Christians. We can be making fervent supplications, prayers for them, being watchful, listening to what might be coming up against them, what the Satan has in store for them. And we can pray, Father God, we just thank you that you've made them ready. They're, they're ready to combat that thing. And what is meant for evil, God will turn around for good. The same way Daniel took that temptation that was meant for evil and turned it around for something good. He was not afraid of it, did not try and fret over it or divert it. He just said, come on, bring it on. If that's the best you've got, give it to me. I'll show you what I'm made of. Boy, did he ever. And revelation was able to come to him, even greater than he had had before. Father, we thank you for the help that you give us. That we can pray and be watchful for things in our own life. We pray and be watchful for things of others. In the name of Jesus.